Hi, I'm Greta Oliver. Welcome to the Educate You podcast, your roadmap to learning tips, techniques, and strategies to enable your student to successfully navigate the road to and through higher education. Hello, and welcome into today's episode of Educate You. Today, we're going to be talking about finding fit and exploring HBCUs with our guest, Shalena Fultz. Shalena Fultz. What can I say? A phenomenal woman. She is a passionate creator and entrepreneur who is the host of the Shalena Fultz Talk Show, a podcast that shares stories of women who have overcome challenges and evolved into amazing entrepreneurs and powerful leaders. Additionally, in 2020, Shalena launched HBCU Legacy Fashion which is a boutique of classic HBCU clothing for kids. And it extends the legacy of HBCUs and increases enrollment rates through her HBCU Legacy Scholarship Fund, which provides money uh, to minority students who are entering or already attending a black college or university. A proponent of higher education in general and attending an HBCU in particular is Shalena Fultz. Welcome to Educate You. Thank you so much, Dr. Greta, for that beautiful introduction. And thank you for having me on your podcast today. No problem. It is certainly my pleasure. And I just want to kind of jump into this because you are so passionate about HBCU attendance and what HBCU benefits are. And we're going to get all into that. And I know our audience will learn a lot of information from you. I know I will because I don't know much about HBCUs. Uh, But uh, before we start that, why don't we have you define what an HBCU is? What is an HBCU? Well, that stands for Historically Black College or University. And so of course, they were founded during a time where African Americans and Black people were not allowed to attend predominantly white institutions. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the lamest terms on what an HBCU is. And so, of course, <laughs> it means so much more to me um, because it's a place where you feel like you have a family of people who are pushing you to greater things and you're mm-hmm. not just a number. So for me, yeah. an HBCU is a, a huge family that helps to educate you and support you. Okay, and so where did you attend? Which one did you attend? North Carolina A&T State University, Aggie <laughs> Pride. <laughs> okay, so at uh, A&T, you kind of felt like you had a family atmosphere and that you had a community of people around you that looked like you. And so you feel like that really helped you in your college going journey? Well, yes, absolutely. I um had amazing professors and mm-hmm. you know you mentioned having people that look like look like you there and that wasn't the only reason I know a lot of people think that when they go to or when someone goes to the HBCU there's not any diversity but that's mm-hmm. not true because African-American people and Black people are very diverse we come from mm-hmm. different states different countries different islands Mm -hmm. Um, we have different cultures just in the united states but we had a big population at north Carolina a&t of 
of um, students who were from the DC, Maryland area. And that mm-hmm. brought a whole nother culture. So now we're, I'm listening to go-go music and I'm, I know mm-hmm. about the mambo sauce <laughs> <laughs> on the wings, stuff I didn't know about before. So that's where I say it was like a huge family and, you know, like a big family reunion, all your family from different places mm-hmm. being right there supporting you. But even so with your professors, they truly cared about what your outcome was after you left the school. And even, you know, going through college, um, I had some very great professors who were what we would call like your aunties, you know, so they were amazing. They, they actually cared about you. You weren't just a number. You, okay. uh, you know, I was a journalism and mass communication student. And so I remember even with my name, all my life has been, you know, mispronounced, mm-hmm. <laughs> Shalena. And so I remember wondering, like, should I shorten my name and just go by Lena? You know, my family mm-hmm. calls me Lena. Uh, mm-hmm. People who met me around college and after probably called me Shay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a sister named Shay Dale. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> they call her Shay. She's older. But so I, I thought, oh, should I shorten my name? You know, because I thought about being, I, I wanted to be a news reporter at the time. And my professor, Miss um, Wiggins, Miss Gail Wiggins, she mm-hmm. encouraged us. No, you say your name, you say it proudly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have heard that same thing if I would have attended in a PWI or anywhere else. Okay. You know? okay. So that's why I say, you know, it was like a big family, people who really cared. Okay. Yeah. okay, that's great. And I think that's so important too, because so often, our students are students of color that go away to PWIs, which is a predominantly white institution. Um, they don't see many professors that might look like them or they don't have, you know, the population or enrollment of students of color is sometimes lower. And so they don't have that right in their right in their mix. They don't have that community a lot of times. And I think sometimes what they are searching for when they first get there, especially, is some kind of belongingness some type of community that they can, you know, kind of attach themselves to because going to college is scary and it's, and you're alone and you're going, you're by yourself, you're going, but you do need to have people that you can interact with. You do need to find fit on whatever campus you go to. And so I think from what you're saying, what I'm gathering is that it was a lot easier for you to find that fit and to find that community of learners as well as scholars that you could just kind of be in this journey together with. And so that's what that sounds like to me. Yeah, I mean, even growing up and going to, I would say the elementary and middle school, predominantly white schools, mm-hmm. I mean, my eighth grade class, they may have been like seven um, people who were black or of color that mm-hmm. graduated. And mm-hmm. so all those years going to those types of schools where uh, they would ask you questions like, oh, why is your hair like this? Or mm-hmm. <laughs> your yeah. hair looks a little bit different because my I had curly hair back then. Oh, your hair looks different than other black girls. Why? Or, oh, are you mixed like tea and Tamara? Like questions like that mm-hmm. that were just like uncomfortable to hear mm-hmm. <laughs> as a child. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I grew up hearing all of those things and then wanting to experience something different. When okay. I was in high school, it was a little bit more um, diverse, not much more but Mm -hmm. definitely when I went to college I felt like I found my people and it was Mm -hmm. you know I already knew a lot about growing up in North Carolina I knew a lot about HBCUs my grandmother she paved the way she went to Shaw University she's Mm -hmm. born but the story was that she scrubbed the floors there at Shaw to pay her way through school and she didn't want her kids to have to do the same thing to you know pay Mm -hmm. for school so she always made sure that she had enough for them and 
So uh, hearing those stories, Shaw University and then family who went to went to Salem State. My uncle went to A and T and North Carolina Central. So I I just always had love for you know HBCUs. I remember even being probably around 12 years old. And I don't know what I was at some type of conference or something. And a lady called me up. It was like, she was doing an example of something and she called up, called me up and she's like, yeah. And your dream school, that would probably be Duke university. And I was like, no, <laughs> actually, no, I never even thought about going there. But yeah, no. <laughs> and so it just never, it was nothing that was really ever on my mind. I actually wanted to go to Howard. That's why I wanted to go. Okay. Um, okay. You're staying in state. You're not going to be yeah. too far away, too far away. <laughs> It's not really that far. It was yeah. fine. It was yeah. actually the best decision ever. And okay. So, well, good. Yeah. I'm certainly glad to hear that. And I want to ask you something uh, about your transition because a transition is something that all college students go through. It could be traumatic. It could be, you know, kind of smooth sailing. But how was your transition specifically from coming from a school that was not uh, just people of color? to somewhere that was everybody was a person of color pretty much so how was that did that affect you any or you know could you just say you know categorize whether it was a good transition because of that or was it a little bit of a culture shock for you not a culture shock at all it felt like Mm -hmm. i was right at home (laughs) like i really felt like i found my people and i was at home and this is where Mm -hmm. i belong like i i had never even visited a&t's campus before i decided to go there Uh, the first time i went was when i was having my freshman orientation the summer before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so i knew then i was like oh my gosh i'm looking around the aggie Uh all the aggie pride and Mm -hmm. i'm like yes this is where i belong like it Mm -hmm. was just it was the place, and I I didn't feel, I didn't have a bad transition at all. I was so mm-hmm. happy to get out of my little small town and go somewhere yeah. that had more stoplights. And so, right, right. I, mm-hmm. I had a great transition. I met people. Mm-hmm. I got involved on campuses, which is why I would really highly recommend students do mm-hmm. like don't stay in your dorm room and be in a shell. Like get involved, get an SGA. You know, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a sorority or fraternity, go to some of their meetups and their meetings, and show that interest. So. I really mm-hmm. just got there. I got involved. I'm not going to say there was ever, like, I'm sure that first semester, there were times where, particularly when my mom dropped me off, I remember feeling like, oh my God, right. he's gone. <laughs> like, my mom just dropped me oh. off. And I feel a little bit like, who do I go talk to now? Like, you right. know, it was that little bit of nervousness at first. But there was so much to do, so many um, activities going on. So you just have to get yourself out there and go and meet people. And that's what I did. And, okay. you know, at a they have the whole freshman week. So it's full, like mm-hmm. that, that first week, it's just full of things to do for freshmen to welcome them in. Oh. So, yeah, it was amazing. Okay. And so what kind of things can you tell me about that freshman week, that first week? What kind of things did they do? Yeah, that was so long ago. It's 2005. I know it was. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what I remember, like, just stuff on the yard. So, like, outside, mm-hmm. there was, you know, entertainment. I mean, you could mm-hmm. go... I don't know, pep rallies, all types of things. Like organization like, fairs or things yeah. like that. I just, mm-hmm. I still never forget like the fraternities passing out their uh-huh. flyers to go to the party. Right. I don't know who right. flyer I had in my hand, but mm-hmm. for some fraternity, but I remember a cue came up. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he snatched the flyer out of hand. And he's like, mm, that's not the right party to go to. <laughs> on, the, uh, on top of the flyer. And so I was like, right. oh, I like this flyer. 
He's like, it was fun. Right, so, right. It just seems um, exciting. It seems very it seems exciting. So exciting because, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, I, I met people from so many different places <laughs> and I saw so many new cultures. Like I recently wrote, co-authored in this book called the HBCU Experience. Okay. North Carolina a and and mm -hmm. so there's about 42 or 43 of us Aggies who wrote this book together. And in the book, I share my experience and how I really didn't know much about people, Black people from Atlanta or from D.C. or other okay. places. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when I got to A&T, the uh, misconceptions that I may have had because of watching hip hop shows or Real Housewives <laughs> or whatever on, right. on TV about people from Atlanta, I realized they're not like that. Right, right. <laughs> That's cool. They're Southern bells and they're really educated and smart and the, the TV mm -hmm. ain't really portraying them to be that way. Okay. Right? You know, like I learned about DC culture because I, I don't know why I was infatuated with DC, but I always wanted to get there. Mm -hmm. I ended mm -hmm. up going to BET and doing an internship the summer okay. of my junior year. So I got there, even though I didn't mm -hmm. go to college there, but I, mm -hmm. um, I just remember feeling like, okay, this is a place where I can be myself. Mm -hmm. I don't have cold switch. I don't have to pretend like I'm somewhere okay. else. I'm okay. right at home. Okay. Wow. You know, it's, it's interesting that you would talk about code switching because, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. something that we, we just we have Right, right. It's something that you have to do, but you may not even be knowledgeable of what it is. It's just a coping mechanism and a way to present yourself in a way that's acceptable to other people. Yeah. And you got to examine that, why you feel like you have to be a different way around yeah. other people, but you didn't find that on a HBCU campus. And that is so key because one of the things about going to school, once again, you know, you get it on campus, whether you go to an HBCU or PWI like I did, and you're by yourself, you find yourself by yourself and you have to find your way. And so I'm glad to see that that went well for you. Uh, I was one of those ones that was kind of like in, <laughs> I was kind of like in my room studying and, and I didn't do that much. I got on like the newspaper staff and I joined the Black Student Union. You know, I did not pledge, uh, you know, but I was more like, you know, separated. I kind of separated myself from the group you know, that was like me because I was more scared of flunking out and getting sent home and having to deal with my mom and dad. Oh gosh, yes. You know, that was like the, they put the fear of God, especially oh, my dad. Yeah. Of God into me, you know, as far as you are not coming home without that degree. And I mean, I did not. And so I went the opposite way. I was kind of like, okay, I, I really, you know, I went out some, but I mean, I did not. I joined a social sorority. Um, not a social, I mean, a you know, a service sorority. Okay. Um, and that was it. I had little activities with that. I joined the gospel choir. I joined some things yeah. so I would have an outlet. And I did have friends. We just hang, hung around each other in our rooms or going, you know, to the grocery store or whatever. But I was not a big partier. I was not like somebody that was out every weekend or anything <laughs> like that. I was somewhere with at least acting like I was trying to study so that I didn't get, you know, so that I didn't get in academic trouble. Cause that was like, that would have been so embarrassing, first of all, and humiliating. And I just wasn't going to go there. But the way you're talking about this experience, it almost makes me wish that I had <laughs> had, had that experience because I would have had a better 
understanding of really college life because I think I was different than most students. I literally was there to get my education and I was almost too scared to really do anything else. And so this is really good. I'm so excited to hear about that. Yeah. Now, where did you go to school? I know you're from Ohio. Were you right. I went to Bowling Green State University. Okay. Yeah. Definitely PWI, middle yeah. of the cornfield type deal. I went to Cleveland State for my master's, which I was already married with kids by that time. Okay. I, I just can't do things traditionally. I got to, you know, really pile it on. And then when I got my PhD also, uh, I was working full time in both my master's and my PhD with a husband and children. So, yes. <laughs> It was not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but I knew I wanted to go on. And I'm, I'm proud of my education. I feel like I got a good education, but I didn't get all of the adventures. And I don't always look back on my college years that fondly because I didn't get, you know, I feel like I didn't have the true whole experience yeah. that, you know, that I could go back and say, you know what, the way you're talking, enthusiastic, exciting, this is what happened, this is what I did, this is how I felt. I just was an overwhelmed yeah. <laughs> student, you know, that was scared to death the whole time. And so one of the things about me trying to tell people about going to college and getting and finding fit is because I didn't. When I went to Bowling Green, I went to Bowling Green, but I, like, I, like uh, I had said in my book and other times, that was the first time I ever stepped foot on that campus was when I showed up in September and got dropped off and kind of felt lonely. And, and I had friends from my high school that went there. And yeah, I went with my best friend, which was probably a, not a good idea uh, <laughs> because we, had, we fell out like probably before the first year was over. She was my roommate, okay, all of that. Okay, I mean, yeah. we're okay now, everything worked out, but it's like, that was not the real reason to go to school, you know? And just because your friend was going, we're, we're applying to the same places, wherever we get accepted, that's where we're going. That's what we did. And so that's not necessarily the best idea, but that's what I did. And I feel like, you know, I just missed out on so much that, my college experience kind of suffered. Like while I did get a good education and I did have some fun, I don't want to act like I didn't do anything fun. or <laughs> had no fun the entire four years, but <laughs> I feel like I could have had a much greater um, college experience had I been able to process what I was really doing because I just kind of closed myself off because I'm just like, I'm not going home. I'm not going to, you know, be on academic uh, probation. I'm not going to embarrass my family yeah. and myself, you know. And so I want other people's journeys to college to be exciting and for them to find their advocates on campus because that's also something I didn't do. Yeah. And so all the stuff that I write about and that I talk about is from personal experience of maybe not doing that, but knowing that if I had done that, my experience would have been better. Mm -hmm. So this is just really exciting what you're saying. So I want to know, okay, uh, what, what would you tell me as a parent who was helping my student find a good college that fits? What would you, what would be your suggestions and why would you say what you say about HBCUs? Okay. 
So something else that I talked about in the book, the HBCU experience. Okay. I was okay. about my uncle when I was 12 years old. He passed mm-hmm. when I was 15. When I was 12 years old, my uncle Josh, who was my favorite uncle, he asked me if I wanted to go to school and I immediately blurred out A&T. Don't know mm-hmm. why I even blurred out A&T because I had never been to the school at that time. Mm-hmm. I did have mm-hmm. a cousin and another uncle, his brother, who went like in the 1960s. So mm-hmm. I guess I just heard you know, things the family talk about A&T. And mm-hmm. so, um, and he was like, why would you want to go there? And so mm-hmm. he was not a proponent or like someone who was like, you know, pro use yeah. mm-hmm. And so I talked about how he, um, if he was alive today, I think that he mm-hmm. would have another idea about me attending an HBCU. My sister, who's 10 years older than me, wanted to go to A&T as well, but he mm-hmm. was paying for her to go to college. And so, she got accepted at A&T, but he's like, no, you're not going there. So she mm-hmm. had to go to UNC Charlotte. I did go to UNC Charlotte myself for graduate school, but that's different. Okay. Um, so I'm sharing this to say that one of the things that I would say to uh, any parents who are wondering if they should send their kids to an HBCU is like, don't have that mindset that HBCUs aren't good enough. And mm-hmm. that HBCUs won't provide the same uh, level of education and they mm-hmm. will be, uh, friend, oh you won't be able to get a good job my friend a and north carolina a&t produces the most black engineers like so mm-hmm. the, it's the number one public school in um the united states and so okay. hbcu in the ni- right. united states and mm-hmm. so um it's it's not what and, and i understand what my uncle's mindset was back then because mm-hmm. i'm sure black people who graduated from hbcu who were trying to get jobs back in the 60s and 70s, maybe versus their white counterparts who did not, of course, go to an HBCU, probably got the job over them. And so right. he his mindset like, oh, they're not going to, it's not going to hold any weight to them. But that's not right. true. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a thing of the past. And so I would, I would definitely do your research, have um, parents and students do their research okay. on the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, just like even with this book, th- all of these students are talking about or these alumni, they're talking about their experience and why they chose the school. So tapping into, mm-hmm. you know, that type of information, those types of resources, that's a, a good way to kind of figure it out. But definitely go on the tours and go look at the schools mm-hmm. as well. So okay. See, you know, we had what we call campus life mentors at ANT, and I was actually mm-hmm. a campus life mentor my sophomore year. So okay. it's basically mentoring a freshman and like showing them around, okay. and, you know, throughout the year they had... Mm-hmm campus life mentor to help them and guide them throughout the year so we were connected so I would definitely look at the school and see how you feel it's you have to walk on the campus and do a tour set something right just to really see how does it feel even my husband who's from Pennsylvania he came to he went to A&T as well for undergrad and Mm -hmm. his best friend came the year before and so he came down for homecoming to visit him. And once he went to the homecoming, <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm going to this school. <laughs> so then so the next year he went to A&T. And then the next year my sister, his sister followed and she went to A&T. So we're just all an Aggie family. Okay. And okay. So, so we definitely step foot on the campus, um, leave the preconceived notions behind because it's okay, okay. not true. You know, do mm-hmm. your own research. Right. And, um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm answering the whole, the full question, <laughs> but... Mm-hmm do the research uh-huh. uh, you, know, you actually talk to some to, to people who have graduated and okay from those schools i mean okay. send me an email if you want to uh-huh. like, you know, just do your do your research and don't feel as though um you know that your your child has to go to the school that you want them to go to right right and 
I do understand the thought about going where the money is. So if the school is providing you with the money, then right. you can't afford to pay out of pocket, then yeah, go where the money is. But at the right. same time, you want to be able to enjoy your college experience. Yes, yes. Four years of your life, and it's um, it's going to be the either the best or the worst four years of your life. There you go. <laughs> the best four years of my life. So okay, that's great. You know, um, I would say just do your research, um, talk to people, check out the website of the school and see like what programs they have to offer. Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're not just picking the school based off of whether or not they have, you know, because it's the HBC, you want to definitely pick a school that has a program that you want if you know what you Right, want. right, right. So Absolutely. Like, yeah. So when I was in college, it only there was only three schools in North Carolina that were accredited for their journalism department. And that was North okay. Carolina A&T, UNC Chapel Hill, and Elon. And okay. so we had a very good journalism mass comm department. And your husband probably knows that because he's a, a mass comm <laughs> teacher at a professor at UNC. So definitely check out the programs and make sure um, when people tell me, oh, you know, my daughter, she's looking for HBCU, but she wants to be a nurse. I say, oh, what's Salem State? They have a wonderful right, nurse right, program. Right, you know? right, right, so right. I think, you know, engineering, definitely A&T. You can't go wrong with right. engineering. And you want to run track, too. Oh, we had some people go to the to the um, Olympics. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. wow. yeah, you know, okay, okay. definitely do your research on the schools. Okay, that is great advice. Absolutely. I stand behind all of that. Um, I'm thinking that whether a student ends up at HBCU or PWI or something in between, yeah. they need to find, they need to find fit and be able to see themselves there. Absolutely. See themselves progressing through, see themselves persisting, see themselves going from year to year, see themselves actually graduating from that university. And, and a lot of it is kind of, you know, feelings, how you feel when you're on campus. Do yeah. you feel good about where you are? Do you feel safe? Do you think the people are, are you know, nurturing? Do you feel like they care about you? Right. Uh, you know, are, and you're not just a number. Like you mentioned that a few times that, you know, people knew your name. People encouraged you to use your full name proudly. You know, you had uh, professors that were really had a vested interest in your success and so all of that stuff is so important and also the tips that you gave about you know doing your own research going on campus finding out you know what their uh, acceptance rate is what kind of students go there you know all that kind of stuff can be found like in the common data sets or it can be found on the websites of the universities that you're researching and so you just got to really do some work to make sure that you end up or the, your student ends up yeah. where they have the best fit and hopefully the money will follow hopefully exactly. everything can work out where you can have you know a two for you got the money and you found the fit mm -hmm. but you know i feel like even beyond the money sometimes it's hard to get money and stuff for school and you might end up in a situation where you're you don't have that much but I feel that you could be more successful on a college campus that you have fit with in that case, because you can persist there because you can persist and you can actually be there and be happy and then kind of figure out the money <laughs> some other kind of way, you know, look for other scholarships, find out other, uh, um, you know, avenues to help you pay for it, work summer jobs, do work study, take out a loan, whatever you need to do, exactly. uh, you know, to make that work. But fit is so important. I'm just excited about the fact that you found fit 
and it was somewhere you had never been before. Just kind of decided to go there and it worked out. And that's wonderful. Even to the extent that now as an adult with children of your own, you are still invested in um, helping others who are, you know, perhaps, you know, if they're interested, they might be questioning about going to HBCU and you have your clothing line and everything uh, that supports that, supports the scholarship you give. That is wonderful. I mean, not too many people are doing that. I'm telling you, you're doing something that's really unique. Well, so Dr. Greta, you had mentioned something about one of the things was, you know, um, whether or not, how to determine whether you should go to what school. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a couple this past weekend I went to dinner with and one, the fiance, the, the, the lady, she went to Tuskegee and mm-hmm. her fiance went to A&T, but they okay. went to Baltimore, Maryland. And so she tells me how it was for her, it was a cultural shock because it was mm-hmm. a small town and there was right. literally nothing there. So right. we were asking like how to know, how to know whether or not if you're coming from a big city and you're not really used to like nothing being there, not even a Walmart, then that might be, you know, maybe you like the school, but you might want to pick another. (laughs) That is one thing to consider. But to your Mm -hmm. point about supporting HBCUs, uh, there has been uh, inequities in the funding for years. Yes. State and federal funding. And so I did decide that I wanted to use fashion as a tool to Mm -hmm. raise more money and to bring more awareness to HBCUs. And so that's Mm -hmm. why I say the fashion line is HBCU Legacy Fashion. I say that's just my tool to Mm -hmm. in the legacy of HBCUs. A lot of people may not know, but HBCUs make up only 3% of the country's colleges and universities, but they produce 27% of Black STEM graduates. 46% of Black women engineers and 30% of Black doctors in science and engineering. So HBCUs are really important. They produce half of all the Black school, public school teachers in the United States. So you're talking about half of all Black public school teachers. There's children who need to see Black That's a lot, yeah. So that they can, you know, have someone to nourish them, to look up to them. And so HBCUs are still important today. I, Mm -hmm. I really believe that you can get the experience that you deserve, the nurturing mm-hmm. that you deserve when you go there. Even one mm-hmm. of my professors, Dr. Styles, she was one of my journalism professors. And in 2006, we didn't know much about blogging, but she told us, she said, there's this new thing called blogging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out, and you guys should jump on it. Right. And um, when I started a wedding planning business, like six years later, mm-hmm. I, I remember and I started blogging and blogging was mm-hmm. you know, popular, had become actually popular then and I was mm-hmm. like wow like just the things that I I learned or that right put us on back then I'm like now look at us today I'm making mm-hmm. money from logging about weddings so right so yeah right. It's, it's a it's a great place to be okay that sounds like it is I mean I'm, I'm telling you you're making me envious I wish I had had that experience I hear so. it a lot I do hear that a lot lately mm-hmm from um, a lot of African-Americans that, man, I wish I would have gone. And, um, right. but you can always still support them today. So right. I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that, you know, so many didn't get the experience that. And I do right. know that um, being here in Ohio, mm-hmm. I, I noticed that people don't really know a lot about them. And so- Not in Ohio. Yeah. No, I, I, not, I, no. There's Wilberforce mm-hmm. and there's Central State. Right, but, right. Know, 
they're smaller. Um, right. So, and, I, and I can understand why people may not know as much. And so that's right. why I, I'm going to be doing HBCU Lunch and Learns this summer. Okay. So this summer, I have partnered with a corporation here. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, we're raising funds for the scholarship. Wow. Okay. Scholarship fund. Ooh. We're trying mm-hmm. to provide resources and have, uh, you know, these give these students lunch and a speaker who is from, you know, a prominent HBCU. Not, right. A prominent speaker from an HBCU who have great, you know, a great background to talk right. about why they pick their school and what they're doing their career. So we will be doing those this summer. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to have to keep in touch with you so I can know what's going on. And also, I want to see that book. I want to get that book. That sounds like a wonderful, wonderful oh, tool yeah. and resource, uh, you know, just to kind of inform my decision, uh, you know, to continue to do this and to put everything out there. We're trying to help students learn how to differentiate between different types of institutions, how to figure out where they should be, whether it should be, uh, you know, two-year versus four-year, public versus private, so many different separating points, but we want to get all the students to a point where they can find out where they fit. Yeah. So, do you have any other suggestions or tips? I know you talked about, you know, starting and looking and researching and doing your own work uh, to find out, you know, where you should be as a student. But do you have any other suggestions that you can give before we end uh, to students who are getting ready to embark on this journey uh, of how to find a school, whether it's a PWI or HBCU, but you know, I understand if you're going to work HBCU. <laughs> well, yes, you know, I'm an advocate of an HBCU. And I mm-hmm. did, I will say that, you know, I, like I said before, I understand if you're going to go somewhere that's giving you the most money. Right. Um, but I believe that you're going to get the nourishment and everything that you need undergrad at an HBCU. Mm-hmm. And then maybe go to grad school to a PWI. Right, like you I mean, do. <laughs> either one, but... <laughs> you know, make yeah. a list of the things that you're looking for in college. Okay. You know, yeah. I would say start there. Okay. Your major, um, mm-hmm. what sort of programs do they have? You know, if you're trying to be a theater major or you want to do acting in theater, like maybe this school isn't the right one because they don't have a strong right. or, you know, if you're, if you want to be uh, an engineer or what, whatever it is, you want to decide and look and decide what your major is going to be and look at the schools that you, you know, mm-hmm. talk to people, like I said, who may have graduated. If you mm-hmm. need to reach out to those schools to spend right. time, you know, then do that as well. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm all about doing research. Going to, I did, I mean, I did go on AT's website. I remember being on their website before I started there and mm-hmm. you know, go to the, the school fairs. I'm sure, I'm not sure, but when I was in school, mm-hmm. I remember different colleges coming to our school right. and were able to right. make sure you attend those and ask all the questions. <laughs> Yes, I remember talking to a representative from A and T and thinking, okay, I think I, I think I definitely want to go here. I did pick mm-hmm. up a central application, but I was like, eh, I don't think I'll be an eagle. Right, right, Definitely, definitely. Oh yeah, but they're as passionate as you guys are. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, I mean, and that's the thing. That's what I the difference kind of from living in the north in Ohio where I came from, like you said. Okay, we know that there's Wilberforce. We know that there's Central. And that's where I actually took my daughter and it wasn't a good fit for her. Yeah. Um, and so when we came when we came down here, it's like everybody is just like talking about HBCUs and then also the other big two PWIs. <laughs> Duke and Hill. 
we definitely have to like make a stand down here in a way. It's like you're expected to have somebody that you're for and yeah. always to be talking about it. It's different down here. Well, because I obviously live in Columbus, Ohio. And yeah. so you would think that OSU was the only school in the entire <laughs> state. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, and, you know, that's right. I understand how you saw right. the difference because you've come from Ohio where it's OSU, OSU, OSU. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, and mean, I had a whole nother experience with that because I taught and worked and my husband worked at OU. And oh, so it's I like, okay. there is another, okay. <laughs> there is another state school that is a good school in yeah. Ohio. And I, so we heard know, that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I live all in the, the city of so, Columbus, so yeah. sure that's yeah. why I, it's just like, and you know what's funny is when I first moved here, I would see people with um, red on it that said, yeah. you know, I'm about to go walk up to them. So I'm like, oh, they went to NC State. And no. then I'm like, oh, it's in Ohio State. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Like, oh, you're from Raleigh? I just Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, you're not at home anymore. I mean, but it's really the, the loyalty is really something down here. I mean, it is expected. And I mean, we got into it too. And I'm like, okay. If I have to root for somebody, I'd like UNC. Um, of course, I worked there. <laughs> My husband worked there. So I'm like, I'm going to go where, where the money comes. I'm going go, to vote. You know, my vote is in for UNC. And I mean, honestly, it is such a big deal here that you don't see up north. You honestly don't. The rivalry up north is between Ohio State and Michigan. So it's just so weird, but it's just a, it's a, it's a part of Southern life. I guess I got to yes, say, you know, I found out more about HBCUs down here and maybe I even wanted to know in all honesty, uh, compared to what's being taught or talked about up North. It just, is not, it's really not being talked about. Yeah. I mean, Students should even just go to a homecoming just to feel the atmosphere. Right, the right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and parents mm -hmm. go too, so you can mm -hmm. see what's happening. AT's campus has expanded so much. We were just there back in mm -hmm. August of 2021. Mm -hmm. I did a photo shoot on their okay. campus for my HBC Legacy Fashion. So I had mom, mm -hmm. dad, and the kids, and we did pictures mm -hmm. with my kids. And I was like, okay, y'all are spoiled these days because look at this humongous student union, this brand right. new right. Right. student union. We didn't have right. this, but it's a beautiful campus and so much yes. invested into it. And so I I know I'm a I'm a proponent of all HBCUs. Right, so right. I have Aggie Pride. So I that. <laughs> and that is under that is definitely understandable and I'm glad to see it. I like I like seeing you so excited about where you went to school. It's awesome. You know, and I think every parent that's watching this or by trying to find a school and that their student can go to and their students looking 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 they want their student to be excited and enthusiastic about where they ended up and so this is all good so thank you so so much for for coming here and telling us all about hbcus historically black colleges and universities of which you are the proud alumna yeah. Uh, A and T. Okay. <laughs> All right, Aggie Pride, right? Aggie Pride, yes. All right, okay. Good for you, and I'm just so proud of you and all that you've done. 
And I will be looking forward to getting my copy of your book so I can find yes. e find out even more about uh, A&T and the experience. Yes. It is okay. on my website. It's on hbculegacyfashion.com on that okay. website. So there's okay. a lot of great stories in here. I okay, I'd love to now. look at that. Yeah. I'm sure it's, it's very interesting. Yes. So thank you so much for joining thank us you. today. Thank you for joining us today on Educate You. If you wish, you can send me your questions or comments about the college going process or the podcast content by sending an email to Dr. Greta at GretaOliverConsulting.com. Also, beginning each week after the podcast airs, check for a companion blog on my website's blog page at GretaOliverConsulting.com. My book, College Roadmap, Essential Tips for First-Time College Students and Their Families, is available for sale on Amazon.com. Join us next week for another tip or strategy to make the road to higher education easier for your student.